everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am Mary Catherine Ham, your host. He's my co-host, Vic Mattis, as always. Uh, we are your morning show for any hour, and we are moderately right and moderately reliable. Proudly. Proudly, Vic. How you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Uh, well, last night I saw the moon. Did you? Yes, I went outside, couldn't find it, went in, <laughs> and Kate said, look out the kitchen window. Okay. And it was a haze. Well... You know what? We let the people know, and I can't guarantee a, a good blue moon, okay? It, I can no. just tell you what's out there. It was about the size of a marble. <laughs> well, But by the time I saw it, so by the time I saw it now, it's, you know, it's yes. midway on its flight. Now, I can actually say that because it literally is. We oftentimes say this, as you know, about the sun, but obviously the sun does not go yes. around. As this I know. This you know. This I, this I knew from science. <laughs> Are you homeschooling this year? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yes, it's a heliocentric theory. So, But the moon, it was, was on its flight like the song. And it, it looked, so it was a cloudy night, but it was still very bright. Right. And kind of almost did look off-white slightly. Okay. A bluish tint. Okay. Did you see it? So after all that, no, I didn't <laughs> see it. What I did see last night, though, was a beautiful sunset. Did you catch that? No, or was I did it too? Not. Okay, I don't know so, where I was. So the sunset was stunning last night in our area oh. so much that I called the kids, the two big girls, out, out of bed up to the porch outside to check it out because it was pretty amazing. It was still seven minutes before lights out. Okay, so we were all that's, that's kosher. early though. But I forget you have younger kids. Yes, we they go to bed pretty early because we have different humans the next day if they do not go oh, to bed yeah. okay. at a correct all time. Right. We make all sure right. they get lots of sleep. But yes, they don't stay up super late. I'm, uh, we're now reaching the point where we're sometimes going to bed before the kids. Yeah, you're at that age. I know. It's, yeah. it, it, it's both, ha- it's, both cohorts are at that age. It, yes, yes, it is happening. So anyway, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. You know, a friend of mine did send me a picture of a giant moon oh. rising this morning. Mm. Like, or I guess it was whatever. The moon rise. Yeah, so she sent me a picture and that she got like a nice shot of it looking very large. Did it, wasn't, it really? Yeah, it, it looked gigantic. So I did not see that. Although I think I was up at the the correct hour to see it because I think that was the, that was in the morning. Anyway, I was taking my youngest to a doctor's appointment this morning. Oh, okay, he's not sick. It was a well appointment. Oh yes, in the a first, wellness a wellness check. Yes, no, in the first year of a child's life, you have mm-hmm. many many mm-hmm. appointments. Yes, and you do the vaccine oh, schedule okay. and you check them out to make sure their height and weight and all that stuff is progressing normally. Well, this child is almost. It's like seven and a half months old, I think. Uh-huh. And delinquent on the four and the six month <laughs> checkup. <laughs> so I you said, know what you I'm, know what? Yeah. It's time. It's time to take him in. Uh, please give me whatever appointment you have. The full regimen. You know what I'm going to ask you, don't you? You get the dip tat. <laughs> you got his dip tat. <laughs> Can't get behind on that, huh? Yes, we got the dip tet. Yeah. So I'm, I was taking it in for that, but I, I had to tell them, like, give me whatever you have. And they had a 6.40 a.m. appointment. So I go in at 6.48. Wow. The nice thing about a 6.40 a.m. appointment, even though you have to get your baby up early to mm-hmm. take them to said appointment, is that there's no wait. Because much like with the airlines, oh, nothing's, nice. nothing's backed up yeah. yet. Yeah. So at 6.40, you walk in and they're like, we're ready for you. And so we walked right back, oh. did the thing you know, betrayed my baby where I'm like, oh, no, I'm just laying you down on this table. (laughs) Poke, poke. Sorry, kid. 
He's fine. He's cried for four seconds. And then afterwards, I was going out into the parking lot. It's beautiful outside. The sun has risen. Mm. It's windy and beautiful. The the temperature is so great. And I had put the piece of paper that had his measurements and stuff and like the the milestones. By the way, very big boy. 99% for for height. How many pull-ups is he doing now? Oh, so I tell you at least 10. We do the presidential fitness test. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Every couple of days. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) So he's very tall. He's pretty heavy, 89th percentile. Anyway, I have the little paper with his measurements on him, and I like to file those at home. We have a little, so all the kids have their little milestones. So then you're very organized. Again, there are aspects of your life where you are very organized. Well, I'm organized by saying, Steve, will you put this in the file? So, but I do like to save them. So I'm outside and I pull, I've taken the stroller across the parking lot and I'm, we're on the sidewalk and a, the wind comes along and whoop, takes my paper away no. in across the parking lot. And l- luckily I had the presence of mind. I was like, for a split second, I was like, okay, put the brakes on the stroller and then chase the Oh, I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah. <laughs> the brakes on the stroller so that the baby's sitting there. He's fine. Uh, he's on a sidewalk. He's got uh, the brakes on and I sprint after this piece of paper which by the way is probably in a file on my my chart or something <laughs> absolutely don't need the hard copy you don't need strangers knowing the measurements of your baby <laughs> except for on this podcast yeah. so i sprint <laughs> sprint to find i'm and i'm feeling good i'm like yeah. oh i'm killing this i'm gonna te- yeah. definitely catch this paper. paper but paper in the wind will always get you so as soon as i get close to it whoop, it's off again and i run across Another part of the parking lot. By this time, I'm crossing areas that are, you know, trafficked. Oh, my and <laughs> Mary And the paper lands in an empty parking spot over to my right. And I think this is perfect. So I sprint over to the empty uh-huh. parking spot. And a person in, a, in an SUV is pulling <gasps> through to take that parking spot. At which point, I just put my hand up like, I have to get this paper. This paper doesn't matter, guys. Like, <laughs> what is happening right now? But it... In my heart, I needed it. Well, what did the driver do? He was he noticed that I was coming, and he stopped. It was fine. It was a, <laughs> good. And <laughs> he then, probably thought it was a big but deal. But then, like yes, he probably important. thinks it's something important. But then, as soon as I set foot in the parking spot that he had been t- pulling into, whoop, it's gone again. No, come on now. And it's under another SUV. And I just did a very comical, because I had just like, said hold on this is very yeah. important to and this then, driver and then i just did this very physical full body slump like i have failed my child my child by the way who is on the other side yeah. of the parking lot sitting in like his two stroller. blocks away now <laughs> and so i go back and i say it's fine i don't need the piece of paper i go back get the baby put the baby in the car but then i think to myself i bet i can find it over there so i drove across yeah. the parking lot and it was right there sitting in front of a car but of course now i'm in a car so i have to pull it around park it like make sure it's safe and then get out and hope the paper is still there and gall darn it it was and so i got my paper and i took it home and i said steve can you put this in the file little did he know what i had been through for that piece of paper while our baby was sitting on the sidewalk in the wind (laughs) this this feels like the prairie home companion little anecdote this is like a hometown <laughs> news radio show this is what would happen in the small town i mean 
This is the news, guys. This is this nothing is, else is going on. This is the I'll news. I'll tell you what's going on. It's a literal paper chase. This is the news you need. Speaking of wind. High winds in the state of Florida oh, yes. and Georgia and yes. South Carolina and North Carolina from Hurricane Idalia. I didn't have to deal with that level of wind. Okay, guys, I'm not that brave. Don't call me a hero, okay? Because I was just running in a mild, a mild gust. Gust. Yes, gust. exactly. It was gusty. It was a little gusty. It was. Okay. <laughs> but back to Florida. Back to the serious stuff. I believe it's actually Idalia is sort of taking a path by Charleston. Some schools, even in my hometown, inland North Carolina, oh. were canceled today, and I'm a little like. Yeah, that because now like we're talking rain. about that what? sounds like a rain out. Like what are you? Tropical the, the depression? MLB? Is that a tropical depression now? Is that what we're talking? Yeah, about? and I'm sure they got heavy rain, but it yeah. seems a little. Judging by the news cycle just now, I think it's yeah been it's lessened its severity. Also, you know what's increased its severity is the frequency of closures of schools for very minor things since yeah. the COVID. So uh, oh. I think that's that's part of what's driving that. But anyway, prayers to everybody that was yes. in the path. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about. The response, President Biden, of course, uh, tweeted the other day, I spoke with Governors DeSantis, Kemp, McMaster, and Cooper to reiterate my administration's support for response and recovery in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, as Adelia makes landfall. We'll keep working with personnel on the ground as the storm progresses. It was supposed to hit the Big Bend area of Florida, which is sort of part of the the eastern part of the panhandle. It which swung w- around. <clears throat> right. And here's, here's the thing. Sometimes in news events i hear a term that i've never heard in my life the big bend of florida is one of those oh i've never heard that okay so what i wonder is is this a is it a florida term that we just ended up using nationwide all of a sudden because of this event Mm -hmm. is it a new term that they've given to this area i really should have called a florida expert kristen solstein where are you when i need you i should have called her but I think there's some part of that that is called Big Bend. I've just never heard it used okay. colloquially what before. What is the Big Bend? I, uh, is that part of the panhandle? Yeah. So it's, I think Jennifer knows a little something yes, about she, it. Yes, yes. she's, like, she's, it's she's like gesturing a, with her finger. It's the bend part it's of Florida, I think. part of Florida. Oh, like right. In between, the, pan, so in between the panhandle <laughs> and the rest of the peninsula. You got that it. comes down there. Right. There's, got it. There's, uh, what is there? One is mic- there anything there? I mean, Jennifer's family has some. Ah, okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. McKay from Tampa up to, well, well, All right, to well Tallahassee well, where, where that's the capital of Florida. Yes. And that's where the governor's yes. been. Although he's been all over the state. His, his wife, by the way, tweeted that a 100-year-old oak, because that's on the panhandle, yeah. has, that very, has that very southern Spanish moss look around the yes. governor's mansion. A 100-year-old ho- oak collapsed there. No one was hurt. I did think it was interesting that some coverage of it called it a 100-year-old oak falls on DeSantis's mansion. And, like, he's in residence there, yeah. but it's not exactly DeSantis's mansion. Let's call it the governor's well, mansion. It's what's inferred. <laughs> the, implied? Yeah, inferred. I, I felt like something was being implied there. Yeah. At any rate, DeSantis has been, obviously, on the ground responding, and I'll play just a, a few clips of him doing doing what he does. So here he is at a pre-storm presser, and I, I think this one's interesting for the press's oh, focus. Sure. 
think about uh, Trump, you know, he's a resident here in Florida and he hasn't commented on Italia at all yet. It's not my concern. My concern is protecting the people of, of Florida being ready to go. And, and we've done that. And look, we in, in Florida, you, you just have to do this. I mean, this is something we put a lot of time and effort into throughout the course of, uh, of each year. Think about uh, Trump. You know, he's a resident here in Florida, and he hasn't commented on Italia at all yet. It's not my concern. My concern is protecting the people of, of Florida being ready to go, and, and we've done that. And look, we in, in Florida, you, you just have to do this. I mean, this is something we put a lot of time and effort into throughout the course of, uh, of each year. So, yes. Trump, by the way, getting a little bit of uh, blowback, no pun intended, for not having mentioned the hurricane in Florida in some of his truths and videos uh, where he referenced winning Florida in the future, but not the hurricane not that was, right was incoming. So, look, the press is asking him about that. Not sure that's number one on our plates right at that moment. Here's here's uh, DeSantis with another warning for those who might take advantage of Floridians yeah. in, a, in a storm. I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, this part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the Second Amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door if you go break into somebody's house. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah, I know from coming from the Jersey, well, you're from North Carolina, but, you know, coming from the Jersey Shore, I remember during the time of Hurricane Sandy, which was terrible. And I have obviously family and friends up there. A friend of mine was telling me, he, he is a, a cop, and he put out a sign on his generator at the time. Because, you know, you can't keep the generator indoors, obviously. It's got to be outside, but it's outside, and you got the gasoline and everything else is going, and it's running. He put a sign in saying there, do not take this generator. I have a gun. Yeah. You know, and it also that would involve them going into private property. Yeah. But this, it's the kind of message that I think a lot of families and small businesses do want to hear. Which well, is that it's not going to be tolerated. And if there yeah. is a message from the top yeah. that this is not behavior we will tolerate mm -hmm. or worse incentivize, right. which is what you do when you say everything's A-OK -okay and yeah. it would be heartless to disincentivize right. this behavior. Right, right. You know, a lot of innocent people feel the brunt of that. Mm -hmm. But many are happy to do it. And I appreciate this nod to, no, we're going to stand up for law and order in the wake of something like this so that our citizens don't have to deal with that. So, you know... For Governor DeSantis, the debate stage is not his strong suit, obviously. I mean, he does fine. But where he really excels is in these situations where he's just doing his job. And I think this works out for him on many levels. Obviously, he did a good job, which is important to help the people of Florida. But also, he's getting a lot of airtime yeah. on other networks, yeah. including on CNN. Doing, they have to. Doing and he's something just, that looks... yeah. Presidential. It looks presidential. Right. It's real. He's just doing his job. And you could see how a lot of Floridians will think to themselves, you know what? You know, we'll get through this. I feel comfortable with this guy as my governor. And you think about what happened, for example, during um, Hurricane Katrina. Right. You know, do you have a preparedness plan in case the levee broke? Well, and this is you to know. me outside and we're going to do more 2024 yeah. in a minute. But outside of that, especially having just seen the tragedy in Maui and writing about right all the many basic government failures there, it is nice to see someone who is in power mm -hmm. know what powers they have, know what the agencies can do on the ground, 
make those things happen. Right. So there's one part of the press conference here where he's just saying, look, we're going to have the airports right. open. Tampa airport is going to reopen for incoming flights at 4 p.m. Uh, by 3 a.m. tomorrow will be fully reopened. Gainesville Airport will reopen tonight and Tallahassee Airport will reopen first thing in the morning. Uh, the ports in Tampa and Manatee are currently undergoing assessments. And when those assessments are concluded, uh, they will be able uh, to resume operations, assuming all is well, which we anticipate it will be. These are things that people mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. and want to know. Another thing I noted, which I just think is a very smart level of disaster preparedness, the governor tweets out, and this is from his official government Twitter, we have worked with the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association to ensure that Florida hotels will accept pets for those fleeing from Hurricane Idalia. You can find available hotels at this link. Okay. You're informing people. Yeah. You have thought through the fact that they are going to have extra yeah. things with them and dogs and cats yeah. with them yeah. that they don't want to have to worry about leaving mm-hmm. behind. That, to me, speaks well of someone's preparedness to lead in a situation like this and to the whole network under him right. that is capable of putting this together. I remember in, was it, Ian was the bad one last year, correct? Yeah. In Ian, I've heard stories about how there were cellular, portable cellular towers in vans parked in the worst Ready hit areas go. so that people could call their loved ones mm-hmm. and check in. And that kind of stuff is not easily deployed if you have not thought about it before. Right. They have thought about it. Obviously, Florida gets hit by a lot of hurricanes, so they have to think about these things. But honestly, a bunch of places that hit, get hit by disasters frequently don't seem to have plans for those things. So this is very nice to see just as a encouragement that our society and our governments can do these things. Yeah. And it, to me, is the absolute best refutation to the really gross smears that were happening happening to DeSantis earlier this oh. week where it was like, hey, you probably caused a racist, violent attack and some murders with your totally normal political rhetoric and passing bills, which is just disgusting. And if yeah. you're worried about rhetoric, you should probably worry about calling half of the country who disagrees with you mm-hmm. a betters of murder. Just a just a thought. <laughs> but this is the refutation. Yeah. On the ground, doing this makes it obvious, for instance, why he would win a majority Latino district uh, right. county like Miami-Dade. Right. It makes it clear why he would pick up 18% of black voters, right. which is a pretty unheard of yeah. number for, for a Republican a governor because he does this stuff. Now, whether anyone in the GOP primary is interested in this stuff is another question. Wanting to have him do for the United States what he's doing for Florida, great question. Or do they want more of the same? Again, We'll get to this in another segment. But, you know, there is a call. People are in people at this moment. The mood right now is, you know, we need law and we need order. And he's providing this because he's got very good managerial skills. He always had again. That's you know, he might not be the smoothest of talkers, but this he can do. Well, it's funny because I think, you know, people people go after him for his personality. And look, I I think that parts of that can be a handicap on Mm. a trail, on a national trail. Right. However, is it partly why he's good at this part? Because he does spend a lot yeah. of time obsessed with numbers yeah. and with data and with how the operations right. of government work. Again, if, if it, this is how he thinks. Yes, it has I'll its ups that. and downs, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's good to see. I hope in South Carolina and North Carolina things are done as well. We, yeah. will, we will be tracking that. I know it's going to get messy out there in some places. Let's go into some real 2024, though. Let's do it. 
Let's let's chit chat about oh. that. We, there's a new AP AP poll out. A whopping seventy seven percent of Americans, including sixty nine percent of Democrats, say Biden, who is eighty and will turn eighty one in the fall, is too old to effectively serve another four year term as president. Donald Trump, of course, I think is one year younger than he is, just for reference. <laughs> Although in the way that Donald Trump does, seems to have his faculties in a in a bit more um, robust way. Yes, than the president does. Uh, that number is large. What what can you get 77% of Americans behind? Yeah. Or 69% of Democrats. Yes. We're all we're coming together, guys. Yep. We're coming together. Biden did do it. He's yeah. the uniter. We can all agree on one thing. <laughs> it's a disturbing number for them. It's yes. something that they really have to grapple with, which is that their own base, their own support. So forget about the Republicans. Forget about the independents. Your own people think that, well, I don't know. Seven out of 10 of you think that we should have somebody else. And yet there they are barreling towards the nomination yeah. uh, and nothing is going to stop them, even though, you know, again, they, they're, they're going to try to avoid even having any debate about this. Right. Certainly he doesn't want to debate any of the other contenders, but there are not many contenders at the moment. But it is interesting because, you know, they're going to make the argument that, you know, some people are in great shape when they're 80. And yeah. it's true. There are just not him. Right. Like you can be a Chuck Grassley. Yeah. But yeah. are you a Chuck Grassley is the question. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre, speaking on Jake oh, Tapper's show this week, says there's no need for debate for this reason. Listen to this. It's inspiring, I tell you. But how it is hard for us to keep up with this president uh, who is constantly, constantly working every day to get things done and making sure that we are delivering for the American people. And that's what, and I think that's what matters. I get it. I get what you're asking me, but the record matters too, Jake. That's okay. It silly. is, I, I think about, uh, <laughs> you know, silly. Eli Lake has a piece in the latest commentary on the sort of what he calls Baghdad bobbery. Yes. Which is just, you know, despite what you see, everything is great. Yeah. I'll tell you what came to my mind. A scene from the great Christopher Guest movie, Best in Show, mm -hmm. and Jennifer Coolidge is being interviewed, and she's there. You know, she had married this sugar daddy, right? He's like 90. Right. He's, he's, he's like decrepit. He, he's, you know, he's barely functional. And she's trying to convince the interviewer <laughs> that, that, no, you know, we have a lot in common. Right. And, and what does she say? She goes, oh, you know, we have so much common. We love talking and not talking. We like soup. You know, and that and, and this is the same thing. You're trying to convince us that this guy is not old. No, I don't know why you can't just downshift a little bit, much like yeah. the president, and say, and say, look, he's getting the job done. The record matters on these yeah, and these yeah, and these yeah. points. But this, like, it's hard for us to keep up. No, it's not. No, it's not. If it is hard for you to keep up with the president, I would suggest you go in for some diagnostic testing. Yes. You know what it reminded me of? Yes. A more political story was, do you remember the Politico magazine piece a couple of years ago where a young, like 20 or 30 something reporter did Ruth Bader Ginsburg's workout with yeah. her? Oh, oh. And quote, yeah. it nearly broke me. And it's like, my dude. Really? That's embarrassing. You are in terrible shape. Like perhaps, look, I do not doubt that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a tough lady and mm -hmm. she was doing tough things. Don't doubt it. She had a personal trainer. She was trying to yeah. stay well. Yeah. I get it. If you are a man in your 20s or 30s and you are broken by RBG's workout, I wouldn't print it. I wouldn't print it. And same with KJP. Oh, there are. Yeah. Not being able to keep up. With I, the you know, but there are a lot of people in our profession who are like that. There was soft, a, you mean? Yes. I'm going <laughs> to say it, Mary Catherine. They're not like us. 
Oh, the, we are robust. Our, one of our uh, writers, Andrew Stiles, picked apart a hilarious photo of a press gaggle chasing after the Trump on, you know, a motorcade because of an arraignment. This was a previous arraignment, not the one in Georgia. And the picture was a bunch of the members of the press running. And, you know, one has her latte in her hand. But this other guy is running and it's a heel strike run where the first right. thing that hits the ground is your heel and not the front. You know, and it's like, yeah, these, yeah. it's the most exercise they've ever gotten. Now, here's what I was going to say about health disparities. I had this deep thought related to Biden, right, mm -hmm. being 80. And it, it, it's true. Not everybody who's 80 is either amazing or not amazing, right. right? Okay. So we all start off in our teens basically being the same in terms of our physical abilities, facilities, unless you have a, a, you know, a disability, right. right, or an illness. Go to your 20th, 30th, or 40th reunion. I always say this. The 10th reunion is a good one because... Most people tend to improve from 18 to 28. Right. 28 to 38, just fraught. The gap is widening. Oh, it's widening. 58. And it reminded me, and they have all sorts of issues. I remember classmates saying, Dude, no, I, I don't drink anymore. Oh, sorry about that. You yeah. know, or some people who are, you know, there's like, you know, issues at home or whatever. And, and I was reminded of the weekly standard cruises. And you would see, you know, there was an older crowd. The demographic was a little bit on the older side, you know, 70s or whatever right. might be the medium. And I remember there was an old fella and he was, you know, sort of hunched over with a walker and he was in his 70s. And there was another fella who was tanned, upright, a deep sea diver, late 80s. He was the late... golden bachelor is what he was. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. Have you heard about this? We, by the way, have to talk about okay. that at some point. Go ahead. And yes, please. And, you know, so you can be like that, but Biden yeah. is not like the deep sea diving tant upright guy in his late 80s. That's just the way it is. Correct. And These disparities are, happen. And people are seeing it. And I do think it's a problem yeah. for someone like the Karine, New York Times acknowledged someone it. like Karine Jean-Pierre to say this is not happening mm -hmm. in front of your eyes. In fact, it's hard for me to keep up with him. Come on. I think it's disrespectful to voters and to just people's general yeah. eyesight. Yeah, yeah. But not to be too partisan about it, we must deal with the the health of Senator Mitch McConnell as well. Yes, this is very interesting. Now, Senator Mitch McConnell has been, he's 80, and he has been sharp, 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 sharp forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a fall in the last six months. And a lot of times when that happens to someone who's older, then they go downhill after that. And there have been two incidents since that fall where he's been back in public speaking, where he's being totally coherent, but then he basically sort of freezes. There's another such event just this week play a little bit what are my thoughts about what running for re-election in 2026 oh. that's right did you hear the question senator running for re-election in 2026 yes. all right i'm sorry you all we're gonna need a minute senator Penny. That that you are hearing is just silence. Silence at a question about running for re-election in 2026, at which point he would mm -hmm. be several years older than he is now. And, and I don't the aid, want to. The aide was just hoping that, oh, maybe he didn't yes. hear it. And last time this happened, it was at the Capitol and he was sort of ushered off yes. uh, after a few seconds. He froze. Again, he's been sharp up until this point. Mm -hmm. But you got to start thinking about these things and whether you're giving full representation to the people mm. who have voted you into office, That's right? right? That's right. So he's got his own issues to deal with. Concussions are no laughing matter. That's what right. I'm going to say. A colleague, a former colleague of mine, he had suffered a concussion 
because of some incident in Old Town where he had hurt himself. He was trying to help somebody. He got in, 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 the, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a scrum. In a tussle? Yeah, in a tussle, and then hit the back of his head on the curb. It's really scary because it could be even worse. Nevertheless, months to get back to normal and yeah. in terms of your everyday routine because you'll have these parts of the day you'll feel fine, but you'll go through, you'll have these spells. You will have these spells. And just to think of somebody in Mitch McConnell's situation, again, it's pretty serious. But at the same time, they can say, well, he is still recovering from a concussion. It takes older people longer, but right. he'll do better. Now, here's what's interesting. Before we take the show, Biden was just asked about it. And oh, really? Yes. And I, I will give him props because he said, oh, he's a friend and I wish him well. And I'm sure he'll be fine and be able to carry out his job. And he mentioned the concussion and how you can have these symptoms following a concussion. So he was not going after um, Mitch I mean, McConnell. Smarter than much of what KJP does when she messages these things because he knows he's vulnerable on this so he decides not to open that path he should step down really that would be a mistake but as you know you do put yourself the older you are and you you're taking a gamble right by saying i want to stay in office for another two four or six years because i feel fine now but once you get into your 80s or your 70s any number of things can happen. I'm always surprised by this when uh, some people have sort of mental decline early on. And it's not necessarily, a oh, they weren't active enough. Or, you know, I mean, it could be any number of reasons. It could be, you know, genetic. And it, but you think about the situation, for example, with, you mentioned Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. And people had been urging her to retire. But then she kept going into the Trump administration. Then, of course, now... <laughs> one of three replacements on the Supreme Court. Yes. Liberals You're, pretty mad about that. Yeah, one. you can you could either just flout it like John Fetterman and say, yeah, that's right. This is what it, this is what it is. But your other choice is Dr. Oz well, and they'll choose that. Yes, or, and, and to or be you, fair to yeah. Fetterman, mm-hmm. he, that well, now that case, the, the fact that he was as impaired as he was had to be dragged out of yeah, him right. and the, the press was not keen on doing it. So I'm not sure that it was totally out in the open, but it was certainly at the moment that people sure. were voting, they had some of that information in their brains. So that's like that's right. they've they've considered right. that and they've cast their vote that way. Or you try to cover it like Strom Thurmond or Tim Johnson, the former senator yeah. from South Dakota. You know? Yeah. The challenge for McConnell, of course, is, and I think that was the question, McConnell's term is not up until 2027. Correct. 20, well, 2026 would be the election. Uh, that's some time from now. And if he decides to step down now, of course, I bet there's a lot of pressure for him. Not to, because then I assume that the governor that is a of Democratic Kentucky, Governor Andy, Andy Bashir, yeah. would have to appoint. I'm sure that is part it's of unfortunate. These are all unfortunate calculations. Whereas, do you I think there know. should actually be an age limit on serving in the Senate or the House? Or maybe they take a mean? Was it called means testing? Is yeah, or the cognitive know. test. Yeah, yeah. Cog- maybe take a cognitive test and then get the all clear. Because my inclination is. Well, generally, no, because my own plan is to retire in 10 years. Well. Because I imagine I'll be about the same. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm, you don't I'm, know. You I'm, don't know. Yeah, I'm torn on it. I don't think I would be, I don't think I would be object strenuously yeah. to an age limit at, at the top. Uh, I think you would lose some people who like, so if you, you make, say sure. you make it 75, have I enjoyed Chuck Grassley from 75 to almost 90? <laughs> 90, yeah, yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, sure. And the tweeting has been fabulous. And the Iowa State Fairs have been great. Oh, yeah. He's been, uh, and he gets up and runs yeah. all the time with his interns and just smokes them. It's great stuff, right? But again, not everybody's a Grassley. In fact, few people are yeah. at that age. And those six years from 80 to 86 mm-hmm. are a lot different from the six years from, say, 38 to 44, right? right. It's a lot right. different. When you're talking about that kind uh, of term, 
I was going to, the last thing I'll say is I was going to give an example of the people who I absolutely adore and admire who are still going at their old age. And I realized it's probably a bad idea for me to mention them by name. <laughs> Jennifer's nodding. I really was. Yes. Zip it up. Yep. Zip it yes. up. All right. I just want to, I just want to, one more 2024 yep. point while we're here, just because it's wild. It's wild, y'all. Charlie Kirk, who mm-hmm. is a right-leaning conservative radio host and head of the Turning Point group of young Americans who are also conservative, he he had a proposal for one Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis' super PAC sitting on $110 million has just said that they are doing a $12 million ad placement right now to support Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is a great governor, but what does he think he should do with that money? He thinks he should turn it over to Trump? And that that would earn him hero status in the Republican Party if he just took the money in his pack that has been given by donors to him and just throws it at Trump. I always like Trump. I always like the Sanders. That's what he'll say. Uh, <laughs> That's wild, y'all. Yes. I wish a Democrat had urged Joe Biden to do something similar after the New Hampshire primary mm-hmm. and just give all your money and your pack to Bernie Sanders. Right. You know, it's throwing the towel. It's over. Obviously. It's over. Obviously. He says, he said he's, you might as well just burn that money. Donna, Donald Trump will be the nominee absent any unforeseen black swan event we need that money as a movement right now and you're lighting it on fire he says if there's any time for a black swan it's going to be happening this by the way i love i love the idea that look politics is politics and ain't beanbag as they say and so you're gonna <laughs> sorry take- that was my snort if you heard that noise <laughs> that was a snort from my nose you're gonna take some hits as Ron DeSantis has for several years from donald trump mm-hmm. right whatever fair-ish play depending on the attack but you know what i'm saying you don't get to go to that person and then be like i need all your money for for me for me now (laughs) i think i think uh, kareen jean-pierre could be replaced by charlie kirk depending on the election you know that's it if we get there it might be the case you know you know who is going to be very fit in their 90s charlie kirk because he takes those pills have you seen the ones? <laughs> is he hawking something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not five-hour energy, which is the old thing. It's 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 these uh, special pills. I forget the name. Help me out here, Jennifer. And it shows him, like, throwing a football, but he talks about all the back pain and the aches and pains that he has. He I'm like, how does he have aches and pains? Pain? That's what I'm saying, right? That's that's bad itself. Again, but. you might want to go in for some diagnostic testing. Whatever Sorry. it is, okay. it'll help yeah, you yeah. be strong. Okay. Okay. And no more aches and pains. Okay. I want to talk about a little victory for free speech. Oh, yeah. This is a kid named Jaden in Colorado Springs in a school district there called Vanguard School District under the Vanguard School Board. Uh, He showed up to school with a Gadsden flag on his backpack. A yellow, don't tread on me, you know it, with the snake. We love it. And he was told that he had to remove it. And he was told he could not be because, in class. Because it was... Well, he was told he could not be in class. They took him out of class. His mom gets called. He has to take the patch off. Why? Well, the teacher says, who's enforcing allegedly the district's rule, says it has to go because of its relation to slavery and the slave trade. Could you imagine if this teacher was driving around Virginia and saw all the license plates that have don't tread on me? Yeah. You'd have yeah. a freak out. So... That's ignorant. Yeah. Of course, she doesn't understand the Gadsden flag's place in history and that it was a Revolutionary War era flag. Certainly a time. 
but it's slavery been, existed yes. when we had very big racial problems, but it is not specifically tied to slavery or the slave trade. And He's fixated on appropriation. Yeah. Well, and it, what happened here is that this kid has a flag on his backpack that signals right of center political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And those are not the sanctioned flags for school districts. What are sanctioned flags are rainbow, trans, Black Lives Matter, maybe an American flag. Depends on the district. There's also <laughs> the combination of yes. the Black Lives Matter and rainbow flag. Yes. Right. Yeah. All those one imagines are acceptable political statements. What I love about Jaden is Jaden doesn't back down. Neither does his mom, who comes in with her baby. She's got a, you can tell she has a baby in a stroller and she's sitting next to Jaden. She's confronting this teacher who's pulled him out of class and she tapes this discussion. So I'm going to play a little bit of it. Thank you. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? It's a historical flag. So they're, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag display, is due to its origins with slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind them to not want the Gadsden flag. It's at this moment that 12-year-old Jaden, you can tell, knows much more than the person talking. And he looks back at his mom with like sort of a shocked look and a, and a half smile. He's not trying to be smart or anything, but you can tell he knows that this isn't true. I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah. So I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying to, and then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing. She so wants him to go back to class. She just, he just has to take the flag off. The mom keeps pressing and says, what, what exactly is the rule here from the district mm-hmm. that you're enforcing? Because it seems- Arbitrary. It seems content discriminant, yes. right? And she asks her son, are other people allowed to have flags? And he lists a couple that they're allowed to have, pins, flags on their backpacks. Mm-hmm. And then the, the mom, Throws, throws a real dart with the, you know, you can go on the ACLU website and it says that you know, like the content discrimination is, is a problem in these situations. She goes on to say, oh, this is, I think this is my favorite part. Go mom. So I understand that. Yeah. And I, I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is unjust. Okay. I... Like I said, we are upholding a policy that was provided to us, which we have to uphold. We teach him to always stick up for what he believes. Good job, Mom. Mm-hmm. Good job, Jaden. And under intense public yeah. outcry, uh, the board said, oh, oops. It turns out our policy does allow him to have the Gadsden Yeah, flag. that wouldn't be their decision if not for the reaction Yes. on social media or in in conservative news circles. Well, and this is yeah. what makes me sad about it, actually, mm-hmm. is that I don't think that it's actually great for 12-year-olds who have a patch on their backpack to have to wage a national campaign mm-hmm. to be able to wear the flags on their backpacks. But whether it's, it's come, but that's what, what it's come to now. Whether that's it's a rainbow that's flag where we are. or this one, right? Yeah. Like, is that the best outcome for Jaden? I'm not sure that is. I will say, and I'm going to play a lot of this conversation just because we so rarely hear it. Mm-hmm. Democratic governor... Of Colorado, Jared Polis. Oh, sure. Is on with Abby Phillip 
on CNN where he's asked about this. And I just want you guys to hear the oh-so-rare public figure, certainly of the left, explaining how free speech works. You've called the Gadsden flag a proud symbol of the American Revolution. Uh, what do you make of why this incident happened in the first place? Well, look, I, I call it a teaching moment. You know, Abby, we, we all remember high school, college, you know, there's kids with pins on their backpacks. Maybe it's a feminist pin, an anti-war pin. Maybe it's a conservative one. And, you know, that enriches the discussion, right? It, it, it's, it's kids are trying out different things. And, uh, you know, the don't tread on me flag, the Gadsden flag is really an iconic American flag. It's flown over units of our military. You know, it's, of course, has it been adopted by the Tea Party and others? Sure it has. But a kid could have a I love the Tea Party pin on their backpack, too. Uh, I mean, look, let's just let kids have their free expression in school. And if they want to advocate for their political beliefs, I think that's something that should be encouraged. It's all about free speech. Yeah, I mean, I think that's perhaps the central question here. Do you think that that's why this teacher made that association to slavery? Because it has been associated with the right, with uh, the, the Tea Party and perhaps with the Republican Party? You know, it's a good opportunity to really go through the history and see the, the pride, really, as Americans, we should all take in the Gadsden flag. Uh, Rattlesnake, as, as Ben Franklin uh, said, they, they never uh, attack first, but they never back down once they're in a fight. And a lot of Americans identify with, with that spirit. But look, it, it goes deeper than that. If we want the moral high ground, Abby, to say that schools shouldn't be banning rainbow flags on kids' binders or backpacks to celebrate pride, we have to also say they shouldn't be banning free speech on the other side. This is a country that treasures free speech. And frankly, I hope it leads to a frank discussion in that school and others around the country about how free speech means that we support the speech even when we don't agree with it. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, in the context of all the kind of backlash against the bans, uh, this, I don't know what the politics of this teacher are. I, I can't speak to that whatsoever. Uh, but this, this certainly seems to be a case where uh, they were to some extent trying to police speech even for a 12-year-old. Um, are you concerned that this is something that could be more widespread as, you know, people on in your party, maybe on the left, uh, you know, want to sort of address some uh, types of political speech that they disagree with? I, I think what I see here is I think I see some people on the left saying, look, we see the right censoring our speech, schools where they say don't say gay, uh, going against a woman's right to choose, and they're saying we should do the same thing to them. That's just not the right answer. The right answer is at the moral high ground and say we should treasure speech in, in all of its forms. Uh, whatever uh, your your argument or agreement is, you, you ought to be able to make it. If you want to fly a don't tread on me flag, if you want to fly a pride flag, uh, that's your right. And that's really what it's all about to be an American. I think that's an important civics lesson for our students in schools. And, and uh, just a question about you, yourself, and your own political future. I mean, look, this, these are the issues that are kind of animating this year's presidential cycle. Uh, you kind of sound a little bit like a candidate. I mean, is this your message to uh, your party, to the broader uh, American population as they go into 2024? It's a message that I'm working through with the National Governors Association and Governor Spencer Cox of Utah. I'm working on how to disagree better and really restoring civility to, to our disagreements. So rather than questioning somebody's motives or trying to censor them or cancel them, 
it's better to engage and have a legitimate discussion. I mean, you know, it, it kids or the teachers say, what does that flag mean to you? You know, why you why you want to show that on your backpack? Tell me what it means. I mean, look, it's one thing if a kid is uh, promoting alcohol or cigarettes and in a way that is contrary to the school rules. And I completely agree that that shouldn't be on a school. But for political speech, for political speech, we should always give the benefit of a doubt to freedom of expression because that's a treasured American value. It is an interesting point. Governor well, Polis. unless the free speech uh, causes violence, right? Then, or then it the is, ban. or just is. Violence. We'll let you know. Oh, it just is, and we'll let you know. We'll make that decision. The, the Gadsden flag is violence, guys. This is no this like is what, so a yeah. full-throated defense of the Gadsden flag and a full-throated defense of free speech mm-hmm. and a full-throated explanation of why you must protect the free speech of those you disagree with in order to have your free speech. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's all we want to hear. (laughs) I get so upset that, for example, you know, people get now in trouble or kids can get in trouble for using the AOK symbol, right? The hand symbol. You know that thing because everyone's like, oh, that's it. The white supremacist. That was a kid's game where you would hold it. The the rule was if it was below the waist um, and you got them to look at it, then you got punched in the arm. And was always trying to get, but now you can't even, you can't even cause you that violence. I mean, no, people. sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> getting I'm fighting myself. Our punching game is ruined. Sorry, our punching game is ruined. We're now back to just punch buggies. No, I, I'm I just, Also, I'm glad you gave a link to that because you said Jaden and I thought you meant Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's son. No. Okay. He's not wearing well, the Gaston flag. Good, good, good for Jaden. But no, that's that's a nice moment yeah. on the national stage. And I would, I would wager... That had there not been an uproar or had Jaden not been willing to stand up for herself, for himself, had his mother not been educated about these things, a kid with one point of view would have been singled out for censoring that point of view just in his free expression. By the way, which I think is a different level of expression that is protected, slightly different from the protections extended to curriculum. Yeah which are things that you can get involved with and protest and not one in the curriculum. Right. Those are different levels of protected speech. This is a kid expressing himself. I'm glad that it shook out this way. I wish that it didn't require a national online campaign. Yeah. But there you go. Oh, and that's a you love to hear it. Wait, no, Jared Polis. You love to hear it. That's right. Uh, you know what I'm going to throw at you? Oh, yeah. An alcohol story. Oh, yes, please. All right. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okie doke. This is from the New York Post. Biden's alcohol czar warns new guidance could be only two beers a week. President Biden's alcohol czar. I did not know we had one. Did you know that? No. Dr. George Koob told the Daily Mail that the USDA could revise its alcohol recommendations to match Canada's guidelines. In January, the Great White North began urging residents to limit their alcohol consumption to two drinks per week since the 1990s. The U.S. has recommended women limit themselves to one drink per day and men to two drinks per day. Weird. Women and men don't have biological differences. Why would, why would we do that? That's a good question. That's, so That's strange. a really good question. However, this guidance is up for review in 2025. If there's health benefits, I think people will start to reevaluate where we're at in the U.S. Coob told the Daily Mail of Canada's big experiment with its alcohol guidance. How do we feel about this, Vic? That's funny because I wrote the similar on my notes here and I say in all caps and bold, what say you? I do really. It says that we're both very uncomfortable. I, yeah, with this. I, I, yeah. In okay. fact, I'm already ailing from this recommendation. This, it, yes. In fact, I exceeded the limit. No during, pun intended. Yes, again. Very good. I was going to say I exceeded the limit on the show already. <laughs> it's sad, but it's not surprising as part of this sort of nanny state attitude 
because on the one hand, they want you to celebrate, to do whatever it is you want to do. And on the other hand is we'll tell you, we know what's best for you, right? This goes way back to like Michael Bloomberg and the sodas. Right. And taxes on sodas. And Long time big, hater of all that Big nonsense. gulps are bad for you. Salt is bad Salt for you. Salt is bad. So they, you know. Eggs are bad for exactly. you. Exactly. So, you know, they, the, you know, the kind of, the, the, the oil, the battle over what kind of oil you fi- fry your fries in. In fact. Oh, yeah. I forgot about you that. You remember that one? And in fact, McDonald's, they used to, they originally fried their French fries in beef tallow. Oh, yeah. And that gave it a really hearty, beefy flavor. It's also better for you than all those seed oils. Yeah, guys. as it turns out. Just FYI. So it's all part and parcel, right? <laughs> and this is up there with Eric Adams saying eating his vegan pizza from a non-coal-fired oh, so oven so or great. using electric stoves unless you're Jose Andres. This well, is all here, part here's the thing. of the future that some, we have chosen. Some on Twitter have claimed, this is a sort of liberal, mm-hmm. liberal tweeter and writer, Benjamin Ryan, Conservative news outlets have been pushing a false story that Joe Biden wants to steal Americans' beers because of a federal agency that might recommend, not mandate, that people not have more than two drinks a week. This would be in keeping with research on alcohol's harms. He goes on to say, like, these recommendations have existed forever from the USDA. Like, why would you guys panic? My my friend Matthias Shapiro says, well, gosh, are there any recent examples of a time when what started as a recommendation turned into a mandate? Because I'm just, <laughs> I'm racking, I'm racking yeah. my brain. Yeah. Vaccines, masks, gas stoves, gender-affirming That's therapy. A, it's all... Gas stoves. It's all that. things that are in the suggested yeah. column. We're never going. We're never they're going in to. in the you absolutely must column. Of course we are. Mm-hmm. Because it's good for you. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely going to happen. My recommendation for you is no more than two drinks per half hour. Yes. That is wise, moderately reliable. Moderately reliable (laughs) advice from me. Exactly. I think we're, I think that covers it. We will be on this beat though. We will not let this one fall. Don't, don't let this possible recommendation from Dr. Koob stop you from enjoying responsibly your Labor Day weekend. We won't let this sneak up on us. We will be vigilant. There you go. Don't tread on us. And our martinis. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer at Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. 